Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me is my co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you feeling this week? I'm doing pretty good. Definitely uh, been a busy one, but man, it's hard not to be stoked about the draft. I mean, Thursday night cannot get here quite soon enough. Um, and even though I'm the, not stoked for it, was that I'm not stoked for it. No, <laughs> um, even <laughs> even though, um, you know, the Bears do not currently have a pick in the first round. I'm certainly going to, you know, watch all of Thursday night and then, you know, come uh, Friday night. It's going to be going to be very exciting. Yeah. You know, the I wish day two, they they drew it up a little bit more like they do day one, because I feel like now the draft is so depthy that you could easily, at least in the second round, have a similar situation to the first round where they like come out and read out the picks and bring the players up and stuff like that. That being said, at times it does feel like the first round can kind of wane on a little bit. Um, and then once you get to day three, they just stop caring completely and we'll just like show it on the screen and maybe talk about the player. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, it just completely depends, <laughs> but they, that's typically when, uh, you know, Mel Kuyper and them kind of book it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the the third uh, the third day definitely kind of rushes by and, you know, it gives you an opportunity to maybe focus on some other things and have it in the background um, and, and, you know, focus, see if a trade comes up and, you know, see if the Bears decide to, you know, make some kind of move later on in the in the draft. But, yeah, I, I think it's still uh, definitely very exciting. And, you know, we've certainly talked up the importance of, you know, how important this draft is for the Bears and, I've seen a lot of things come up with them, you know, maybe looking defensive side of the ball, even in that second round. And, you know, a lot of analysts saying that they need to see, you know, some kind of offensive lineman taken in the second round. So there's a lot, there's a lot of thoughts out there. Yeah. Um, it is, it is interesting to think what type of situations the Chicago bears could be in. Cause they have a lot of flexibility now that they have that second round pick. Um, but in this, obviously this entire episode, I, I feel like we should have said this at the beginning of the show. This is the final mock draft. So this might be up. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be up like Thursday morning, uh, just so we can get that SEO perfection. So you're listening to this. It's the day of the draft right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we hope it's going to be a good day. Uh, maybe the bears trade up maybe they get i mean here's the thing there is a lot of opportunity to trade up because at at the end of the draft there you have both green bay and kansas city with two first round picks which yeah. to me tells me that those are major trade-up opportunities um and then maybe you trade up with uh you know one of the other teams that did well in the playoffs and everything because uh if you really like a guy outside of that the end of the the end of the first round can kind of be a little weird because if a team really likes a guy, even if he's not necessarily like a first round pick, sometimes what they do is they trade up to get that extra fifth year option on the player, um, especially quarterback. So I think we could see a couple quarterbacks go really late in the draft there. Um, and I could also see someone like a Brees Hall sneak in there. I thought it was interesting. Poles said in his presser today that uh, he didn't think that there was that much top end talent at the running back position, which to me is kind of like a slam at Brees Hall, in my opinion, or Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, I understand. I'm not a huge Kenneth Walker fan, but I don't know. I, I figured that he would have uh, at least thought decently at Brees Hall. I would have thought so, too. I mean, I know at least I feel a little bit differently if that is kind of him coming down on, you know, Brees Hall. But, you know, sometimes a lot of words are said to uh, to kind of maybe – 
make other teams think there's not interest there. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that's what, you know, Ryan Poles is doing, but it'll be interesting because I certainly think that, you know, maybe not a day one talent, um, but just kind of you love to see running backs go in the second and third round and just not have to burn a second or a first round pick on them. But man, yeah, Brees Hall certainly has the talent to, you know, at least make you think about it later on in the first, I think. For sure. Um, all right. In other news, before we get into the mock draft, two things kind of popped up this week. The first one, Byron Pringle was arrested uh, for doing donuts in a parking lot with a suspended license. Honestly, like you'd never want a player to get arrested. But if he were to get arrested, I feel like this is the method in which you'd like them to get arrested. You live with it. You move on with it. I you, I, I know you talked to me immediately after, like, is there an opportunity for him to get cut? I don't think so. And I think with Ryan Poles today, he said that's not a reflection of who he is. Um, so I'm, I'm overall not too concerned about it. Yeah, it's probably a good thing that uh, Byron Pringle has such familiarity with Ryan Poles being there in the same organization for a mm-hmm. while. Um, so Ryan Poles certainly knows a good bit about Byron Pringle. Um, so yeah, maybe a little bit of a, a slip up on Byron Pringle's part. Uh, you certainly don't like to see, you know, players on your team getting arrested. Um, but you know, luckily it wasn't drunk and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really kind of the main thing there for sure. Uh, all right, moving on the bears, according to Ian Rappaport today, uh, have been in trade talks with Robert Quinn and a lot of teams are monitoring the situation closely. Um, this would make a lot of sense given that right before the draft or even on draft night, you tend to see some players uh, traded. Apparently, though, it came out like a couple minutes ago. We're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, it came out that uh, from Kevin Fishbane that the Bears are not actively shopping Robert Quinn. Um, I know Kevin Fishbane does a lot of good work and he is like a true beat reporter. Like there's like fake beat reporters. He's a true beat reporter. And when, when you are a beat reporter, um, at least I remember you don't learn everything, but sometimes you can pick up something here or there. Um, so I think there is some validity to that report. So I kind of take it as the bears aren't like actively shopping Robert Quinn, but I could easily see if like a lot of the top edge rushers go boom, 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 boom. And a team that needs an edge rusher towards the later, uh, half of the first round, if they're looking and they're like, okay, we can't get a first round edge rusher, but maybe we can get Robert Quinn. I could easily see them trying to make a deal, not for a first round pick, but like for other picks in the draft, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think it's extremely unlikely. Um, I, I think that, you know, sure. Maybe the bears aren't, you know, actively shopping around Robert Quinn, but you know, it doesn't mean if the right deal comes around that they're not gonna, you know, possibly look to offload them. Um, you know, at least from my knowledge, you know, Robert Quinn's contract isn't quite as bad on the back half, um, as it was. I think it was, no, it's a great deal per sack. The, the team that would trade for him would inherit a contract that would be roughly equivalent to like half a million dollars per year per sack he produced last year. So I think they'd only, they'd only inherit like eight, $9 million. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, not terrible to take on at all. Um, and he'd certainly bring, you know, some quality. I mean, obviously he had, you know, one of his best seasons. I mean, he's had a lot of good seasons in his career, but had one of his best seasons last year, um, broke the Bears sack record. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if a team comes knocking and it's a, you know, third round pick or, you know, a fourth um, and some other picks, I think that Ryan pulls is certainly gonna have a think about it. Um, and if it's, if it's sweet enough, I think he's definitely gonna pull the trigger. 
I don't know if I'd trade him for anything less than like a second round pick, if I'm being completely honest. I think you'd take a third and maybe like a third and a fifth. I would feel like I would feel ransacked, man. I would feel like for 18 and a half, I know he's getting older, but like for a team that like is like looking to win the Super Bowl next year, you really don't think they could get like a second round pick for him? Given the contract, too. Yeah, I, I think the contract certainly helps. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's funny to bring up age, especially when he just had a season like he did. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like he's 27. Um, I don't know. Maybe a second is fair. It just seemed a little high on, like, first reaction for me. I was thinking, like, yeah. they might get a third and something else for him. And, you know, I, I think at that price tag, I mean, obviously, you want to keep someone like Robert Quinn around. He's a leader on the team, a leader on the defense, um, and is playing some great football right now. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just the trajectory of the team currently, you know, Robert Quinn's not someone that, you know, the Bears are necessarily going to need around in, you know, two, three years when they're really pushing and competing. Mm-hmm. I, w- I think it's interesting because I could f- foresee Robert Quinn getting a similar trade to Khalil Mack just because, like, obviously Mack is a more dominant player, but Robert Quinn's deal is so much better uh, and he was so much infinitely more productive last year and he was healthy last year. And, you know, he stayed pretty healthy throughout his career. So like to me, I mean, even like a team like Kansas City, you know, a team that's like I feel like just needs that next little thing, like step up on their defense. I could potentially turn their defense from being a terrible defense to a half decent one. Um, I think that would like that would be a destination um, I'm trying to think who else, but like, just like, te- honestly, if, uh, if they weren't a division rival, but like a team like Green Bay needs an address right now and they're trying to make a run at it still. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think I I'm kind of leaning towards, he doesn't get traded if I'm being completely honest. Cause I think there's going to be that gap between where other teams value him and where the, bear, where the bears value him. Yeah. Um, but it is a possibility. I mean, the, the market is there is essentially what we're yeah. saying. You know, there's a yeah. market there for him. Um, it's just willing. Is that market, you know, good enough for, for Ryan Poles and, and how, you know, this new staff, because it is a change of leadership. So they kind of reevaluate everyone and, you know, even though he had a you know a record setting year last year, maybe they see him a little bit differently. I don't know. You mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, all right, that's about all the news we have for the week. Obviously, an episode came out earlier this week. If you want to see some of the other news and our reactions uh, on other draft topics, you can go ahead and check us out there. And while we're about, while we're in this transition, why don't you guys leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts? Um, it's really simple. Uh, if you're driving right now or you're working out or whatever you're doing, wait till you get done. That's completely fine. Just leave us a rating and review five stars. Let us know what you like about the podcast, what you don't like, or what you, some piece of advice, you know, we really appreciate the feedback and it helps out our growth tremendously, uh, getting those ratings and reviews. Um, but Reese, are you ready to get into this mock draft? This is really mock draft 2.0, but this is like the final official mock draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely excited to get into it, um, at least on mine. I used the same uh, simulator, the draft network, um, that I did in the previous time. Uh, I had pretty much the same settings uh, set up. Um, So, you know, ran through it. I did not do any trades on this one. I did a trade in the last one that was more on, like, the mid-rounds. Kind of just wanted to walk through this one personally and, and see 
you know, just kind of how things were shaking out, how things have been updated. I know some people on certain simulators have been getting some ridiculous stuff. Like I know on like the PFF simulator, like the 39th pick, you can get some like ridiculous hauls for that. Like I've seen people mm-hmm. getting like literally whole drafts for the pick 39. <laughs> um, so there's obviously Including some... first round picks. Yeah. In the future. <laughs> so there's some weird things that go on. Um but um, I think there's certainly the potential of the Bears, you know, doing some movement in this draft. I think at least one trade is probably likely. Um, I know Ryan Poles is going to want to pick up more picks. Um, so I think at least one trade is probably likely. I think that, you know, two is in the realm. I don't know if they're going to go absolutely like crazy and be you know, moving around all over the draft. But um, I, I think it's a little bit of a reflection, too, of how some people view the class where it's just like, it's a solid draft, but maybe like not a lot of you know, players you absolutely have to have, mm-hmm. um, but just like depth along the draft. So we'll see how that's it shakes I out. Think, that's what I think as well. I think there is actually going to be a pretty big demand to trade down. Um, so that's unfortunately for the Bears, if they want to do the same thing, that's going to be kind of a, it's going to kind of diminish the, the what we're going to get back in return yep. for trading down. Um, that being said, if you want to trade up, there's probably going to be some good values there. Like that's the, that's like the second layer of the draft. Like some people forget that. Okay. So there's the draft, right? And then there's moving up and moving down. And so there's values in moving up and moving down the draft. Some years, there's a tremendous value to move down. Uh, Some years there's a, you know, what you're giving up to move up. Isn't that bad? And if you, this is where really evaluation comes into play. And I, this is what I'm going to hit on. Man, I feel like every single Bears reporter on Twitter, um, or I, I should say, maybe not like the top end ones, but the ones that are like trying to be reporters. You need to learn that the way the NFL views it, front offices view it, the NFL draft is not about picks, it's about players. Yes, there is an inherent value in trading back because you get more shots at it um, and more shots at players you like and potentially more depth players and everything like that. But at the end of the day, this is a player led league. You need to get good players out of these picks. That's what I feel like so many NFL fans don't understand is it's not all about picks. It's about players, period. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, certainly as you get closer and closer to the draft, you know, teams have built up enough enough knowledge where they can kind of accurately judge the draft. When you're a couple years out, it's tough to even know maybe who will be coming out. The pandemic really kind of threw a wrench in that, too, because you had Mm -hmm. players that had so many different years of eligibility that could be coming out into this draft. So it shakes things up. Um, But now teams have had a good chance to evaluate it. And certainly they're starting to, you know, the picks aren't necessarily as important as, you know, the players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that it'll be very interesting to watch how this draft plays out, you know, definitely tactical for, I think, a lot of teams and how they want to approach it. Um, but, yeah, like I, I think there are still some very good players in this draft and definitely some exciting ones. Um, and certainly for the Bears, a lot of players that I think, uh, you know, seem like good additions, at least from uh, what we know at this point. Hopefully, man. Do you want to go ahead and kick it off with your draft? Yeah, so I'll start off with my draft. Um, so starting off, you know, that first second round pick, pick thirty nine. The first thing I did, I checked, was Traylon Burks there. Um, he was not Ooh. at that point. Ooh. So um, my next kind of alternative was the man that we've talked so much about on this podcast, uh, George Pickens. <laughs> I don't yeah. think don't think too much else has to be said. I know that there's been. 
Um, some reports coming about his character uh, this like past week and in the build up to the draft. You know, even if it is true, I still think that the potential um, that he brings is so high. And I know that he's never necessarily delivered fully in stats and he's been a little banged up but um, when you look at just how he plays when you actually watch the tape um, and that's kind of the argument I had for Traylon Burks people made a lot about his measurables I was like when you look at who he's competing against and the tape that he's putting out against them it's still incredible Um, so that's why you know I think at pick 39 you take Pickens and I think you're uh, very happy with that pick one of my biggest criticisms of Ryan Pace was when he drafted a player, he didn't think enough about what that t- sort of mentality brings to the team and the way it can really, like having a player that has a great mentality can pull your team out of the trenches when you're down, you know, 14, 21 points and try to make a comeback. Like having guys that have that, you know, violent mentality in the way that they play and really, really care about losing and even wanting to, maybe not in all circumstances, but like embarrass their opponent. They don't just want to beat them. They want they want to embarrass the opponent. They want to blow the team out. They want to, that's the type of person you get with George Pickens. And I know there's a lot of concerns with his character. Like, yes, he's gotten into fights. I, I, like, George, I like George Pickens overall though. I think George Pickens shows all the talent to be a really high-end receiver. And he's, I think he's somebody who's going to really add to this wide receiver room. I don't think that's talked about enough is like, okay, George Pickens mentality, I think will really add to the wide receiver room. I, I like dogs as wide receivers, man. And, and yeah. he is, he is the ultimate football dog, man. Like he is the type of guy that is going to go out and fight for your team yeah. uh, every time. And he's going to have a lot of pride in doing that too. I love the pick. I do wonder if he's the type of player that Ryan Poles would want to spend his first draft pick on. Um, if it was me, I would, I would run to the podium with that pick, but, um, you, you just never know with this new GM. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel great about it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, exactly. We don't even have that many signings to pour over to completely understand, you know, was, was Christian Watson available there too? He was, um, I just wanted to, sh- honestly, I, I would be probably just as happy with Christian Watson. Obviously that's why I let off my first mock draft with. Mm-hmm. Um, so just changing things up a little bit. I kind of forced myself if I absolutely had to have one at this point, decided to roll with Pickens. Um, I, I think with Watson, some people are saying he's going to go in the first round. I I don't know about that, man. I don't, I, I mean, he could go in the first round, but I don't know if I agree with that, that he should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christian Watson is someone that obviously has so much upside um you know probably you know equally as high as you know george pickens different receivers but um yeah there's also that little element of you know watson where it's like yeah we talked about how he rounds off his house routes and he needs to work on that a little bit but it's like once you nail down the technique you think it's just it's gonna yeah. be fire <laughs> and he shows he shows twitchy ability too so yeah I, I hope he turns out well because if, if he does, he would look amazing. But I think George Pickens, in my opinion, is a much safer pick there. You know, moving on to the uh, second second round pick at pick 48 overall. Not really something that I had planned out, um, but, you know, fell to me in this uh, simulator. And I took Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Mm. Um, I think 
ultimately, if you walk away with the second round that has Pickens and Tyler Smith, I think that's going to be uh, a very successful start to the draft. Um, I think that he's going to help, you know, bring the interior of the line, you know, wrap that up. And I think, you know, some people debate, you know, should they go tackle because the current situation is, you know, maybe putting, you know, Borum out at tackle. So should we, you know, sure that up? I think there's almost as much value in shoring up the interior of the offensive line as well. And, uh, yeah, Tyler Smith, I think he brings a good bit of the athleticism that, you know, Ryan Poles is looking for, you know, from those interior offensive linemen from that guard spot. Um, so I think that ultimately this would be a, a great way to follow up taking that receiver. Um, you know, I did the double up on receiver in the last mock draft. I think that that's certainly an option that the bears can take. Um, but there's also value at receiver later on in the draft. And I thought, you know, he had the opportunity to go out and get Tyler Smith went out and took it. And now he got, you know, a very, a prospect that you're really happy with on the wide receiver. And, you know, we're, we're working on that offensive line as well. Yeah. I, I like Tyler Smith. Um, I'm a little concerned about him. Like some people are saying he's going to go in the first round. I would not touch Tyler Smith with a 10-foot pole in the first round. Um, he, he has a lot of bust ability, uh, bust potential, I should say. He was getting he gets beat quite a bit for going as high as he is, but like the intangibles are just crazy. And that's yeah. that's really what you bet on with that pick. So, yeah, getting him at the end of the second – I mean, did wait, you got him at pick 16 in the second round? Yeah. Is that, or did you yeah. trade down? Yeah, yeah. so getting him mid-second round, late-second round, I think that's good. That's that's a good chance. And if he turns out well, he's going to be really high quality starter. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, just as far as what the the Bears have been doing as far as their additions along the offensive line, you know, they had a lot of depth pieces, but I think it's someone that you need to get someone that has that, you know, week one starting potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Tyler Smith definitely brings that. Um, so, you know, moving on, I decided – I think that one thing that's not talked about for the draft a lot is that it's obviously fluid, right? You know, teams mm-hmm. have to uh, adapt to, to what the other teams are picking. They can't really, you know, precisely map it out. They might know when they want to take a player, but that's not always going to play out the way it is. And I think that kind of just given the way that the draft has gone uh, for me uh, so far, I decided to go and just wrap up the offense, you know, feel pretty good about it. I think that I can grab some defensive players later on in the draft. I decided Mm -hmm. to take Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. So now we got, you know, two very strong receivers. I think that Pierce is, can also play that X spot um, in your in your offense, but I think that he brings some different skill sets. I mean, what jumps off to me when I watch him play is just has great hands. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of you know George Pickens' tape is very good. He makes some incredible catches, but you know, it, it just seems like Alec Pierce always brings down, and he's a pretty sure catch. Um, I like his route running ability. I know some people want to go out and make that like you know kind of Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, you know jump, but I don't think that that's quite applicable yet. Yeah. Um, but I do like a lot what he does on the tape. Does a lot of things right. Um, and to get someone that's that kind of crisp at the top of their route, um, usually doesn't yeah. come you know at this point coming out of the draft. It's usually something receivers have to to build uh, as they get started in the pros. I I look at I don't know about you. Some people want to play him on the outside. I look at him as a slot receiver. Isn't I that like that versatility to too. I would like to play him in the slot personally, yeah. especially if you did have uh, Pickens Mooney on the roster Pickens. as well. And then it really gives you the ability to work inside out. I mean, because then you can also you know you can rotate Mooney um, into the inside as well. 
because he has mm-hmm. the potential to be shifty. Um, yeah. So I think that Alec Pierce, he can work the boundary. But, yeah, having him work the middle of the field would be real nice. Um, the Bears haven't really had, you know, a kind of moderate to deep, you know, middle uh, threat, you know, in a while they haven't had super strong tight ends. I mean, maybe you go back to like Zach Miller's when they could effectively throw the ball deep down the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. No, you're right on that one. Um, yeah, no, I love I love the pick. I think Alec Pierce. I think that's his sweet spot too. I think his sweet spot is top of the third yeah, round. You got to give him the third. Yeah. That's I it. second round. I think there's here's the thing is like I'm just not huge into drafting uh, slot receivers in like the second round. Um, I think you got to kind of get them at the third round um, or low second, I think would be fine for him too, but definitely top of the third round. I think he's like a great value for him. Then you have a, a pretty explosive and versatile offense with Darnell Mooney, Alec Pierce and George Pickens. And one you probably feel pretty good about. Um, I think uh, there's still obviously depth issues, but I would feel pretty confident going into next season with that. I mean, maybe, um, Byron Pringle starts over Alec Pierce to start in this situation, but um, I think Alec Pierce would quickly take over the reins there. And I think you find a way to get him on the field too. I mean, not mm-hmm. only just in like you know your four wide receiver, five wide receiver package, but I think that there's kind of a bunch of different ways you can use them. I'm not even necessarily alluding to special teams, but you know, just because you know Byron Pringle is your primary you know slot or third wide receiver. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't throw Alec Pierce in there occasionally. And like you, like you said, I think that he would definitely uh, take to the task and could probably develop to be in something uh, a lot more than Byron Pringle, but at least Mm -hmm. you have that flexibility and depth, um, at that point to be able to do things like that. So that's a, that's a thing that a lot of people forget is like NFL teams aren't always in their base packages, (laughs) especially on offense too. And modern day offenses, I should say. Uh, I know you guys love the I formation, but uh, <laughs> in the, the modern day NFL offense and actually, uh, who was our OC last year? I, I I'm even I'm happy to forget Bill Lazor. Uh, Bill Lazor. Um, you know, I think even Lazor loved that I formation, but uh, yeah, we need a lot of wide receivers on the field. So oftentimes you'll see four wide receivers take out the tight end uh, or take out a running back or whatever it may be, and just adding more names. I mean, if you have four competent wide receivers and maybe even add some depth guys great news for the team uh but what, what was your next pick yeah so moving on uh since i didn't do a trade uh moving into that first uh fifth round pick at uh pick 148 taking zion mccullum uh the corner out of <laughs> sam houston state uh, well how do we pick the same corner in our drafts what the fuck i thought nobody would i didn't think you'd pick him so that's why i picked him <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, The double endorsement Um, for Zion McCollum. I mean, 6'2". I think that he plays his strengths. I I think play really went to what Iberflus wants in this defense Um, because the main red flags for Zion McCollum is he's just not great in press and doesn't necessarily use like his size um, as well as you'd want him to, you know, especially while hitting. He's he's a raw player. He's a raw player. But I think, you know, what he has done well, even in college, has shown that he's good at playing zone and he can play cover two mm-hmm. um, and can play three high coverage and he can be a part of that. And I think that you're going to see, obviously, you know, the, the cover two is going to be used frequently in this defense. Um, so I, I think that he'll just fit in quickly um, and also just has, you know, uh, you know, higher potential for what you usually see out of a typical fifth round corner. Um, that being said, 
you know, like you said, he's a raw talent. It could not really pan out. Um, maybe a little bit boom or bust here, but I do think that I, I like what I've seen on tape. Um, and also, you know, his athletic ability is is great. <laughs> That's why, you know, he possibly could develop into something and be a, a significant member of this defense. He definitely needs a lot of work as far as his technique goes, but like as far as being fluid and, and huge and like, like athlete is all there. And he's also like, he comes with like good football intelligence, special teams. He was really good at on special teams with Sam Houston state uh, as a gunner. And then also on top of that, very productive at towards the end of his career, 13 interceptions um, total. And he also was a team captain on Sam Houston state. So uh, overall, I mean, I, I like him as a player. Some I've seen some people seeing him get picked as high as the second round. I think that's a little crazy. Th- yeah, I think third round or later uh, is probably the sweet spot there. I draft him a little bit higher than you. Um, I, I could see him easily slipping to the fifth round, though. It's just it. it some of these players that are like traits guys are so hard to predict as to where they're going to go. Um, I remember. Do you remember that uh, tight end from uh, Mizzou that played with uh, Drew Locke? That he's his last name started with an O, and he was just crazy fast. Ugh, not not really, to be honest. Um, Albert Okwegbunam. Do you remember? He was like crazy athletic. I don't think he even got drafted, but he was predicted to be in like the third round. Um, it's just so weird. Sometimes these trades guys, NFL teams are like, it just like, it just takes one team. A lot of people forget that. Like it just takes one team. Like the Seahawks have drafted a ton of players in the past where I was like, I would have never drafted them that high. Um, but they draft them because that's what their system likes. That's yeah. those are the type of players that their GM believes in. So it really just takes one out of 32 teams to love this guy to draft him in the third round. Yeah. Or second round even. Maybe. Or the Raiders always come to mind in that too. Like the Raiders <laughs> that you Weird know that are just gonna go up there and take the fastest receiver. It doesn't matter what pick it is, like yeah. you know, that that's always on the menu for them. Seven wide receivers per draft. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing the punter, you know. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, moving on, I think Zion would be a, a great pickup and then, you know, move on to that um pick one fifty overall. Decided to stay on the defensive side of the ball. Going with DeMarco Jackson, linebacker out of Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that, you know, he I think, you know, some of his biggest strengths are just kind of playing downhill, um, quick to the ball, and he usually slips back like slips blocks fairly easily. Um, and he's just kind of fast, like sideline to sideline, like not like a not quite to the level of like Dion Bush when he was coming out, but someone that reacts in the same way, like he can be kind of two steps behind and catch up and and still make the play before it turns into something too big. Um, and he also is you know pretty good in in zone coverage and also man to man coverage, so he's someone that can. Um, stop the run fairly well, but I think even his best assets are just how he plays in coverage. Um, so a fairly intelligent player there. Just, you know, I'd say the weaknesses are um, he's not extremely physical, so he kind of just gets soaked up by blocks occasionally. Um, and it just isn't super lengthy. So he just kind of goes into the whole part where he struggles to slip blocks. He's just not someone that really gets that push or is incredibly great with his hands. Um, so... I, there's some issues here, but I think that the Bears can look to, you know, 
add to that linebacker depth. Um, not someone that I think would be going out there to start, but someone that also can play on special teams um, as he has, you know, some good athletic traits. So I, I think that bringing in DeMarco Jackson would be a good addition. And, you know, they certainly need a linebacker for sure. Uh, another good ad, especially for need. I, it depends, honestly. I, who Were there any other linebackers on the board when you made that pick? Yeah, there still were, um, but none that jumped out at me as much as DeMarco. Uh, DeMarco. Just Sinai from what I've seen. But there was um, – uh, I can't remember the name now. But there was like a fair – there was a couple, a couple yeah. decent ones. Yeah. Yeah, I like the pick. We need a linebacker. Yeah, and I think that he ran like a four five seven. I think, at like 40. That's so. Good. You know, like he's he's a good athlete. You 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 can find ways to to work him into the game, uh, whether it be on the defensive side of the ball or you know definitely, you know part of the thing too when you, especially when you're picking later on in the draft is what can they bring to the team even on special teams and I think that for he'll, sure he'll be an ad there. Yeah, for sure. So finally, moving on to the final pick, decided to finish it off on defense. This is pick uh, 186 overall and have the Bears taking Amari Carter, uh, safety out of Miami. Um, I honestly, I, I think that this would be a great way to finish up the draft. A safety that just plays downhill um, very much as that physical, strong safety type coming in to blow, uh, blow up the play You know, behind the line of scrimmage, uh, can play like that robber role really well, uh, especially in the dime defense. Um, but I think he can project to even more than that. Um, and especially what he does in coverage, uh, very much what led me to feel comfortable taking Zion McCollum was just how well that he plays in cover two and cover three schemes. Um, so I think that he'd be very adaptable and, uh, yeah, I just like the way that he plays. He's that physical safety. That's not afraid to make the hit. And, you know, the bears defense is screaming for someone like that right now. For sure. Love the pick. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 we, we need more DBs period. I mean, I, this team hate to say it right now. We have a lot of holes, like a <laughs> lot, definitely. a lot of holes. And so we need some uh, good players there, even if it's just like a name, you know, and, and guys in the sixth round, fifth, sixth round, whatever it may be, they can contribute to this team. I mean, look at a guy like Dion Bush. He, he, he never was a, a starter, but I mean, especially during a playoff run, he played some meaningful minutes with the team. So at minimum, uh, having good backup DBs, I think, uh, I think that's great. Yeah, no, I, I think that the Bears can certainly, you know, add to the whole secondary. Um, I think that at least picking up a corner, and I do think that, you know, not prioritizing it, but I think there is room for adding to the safety. Uh, one position I did not take that I absolutely think, you know, should probably be addressed in the draft is actually defensive tackle. Um, mm. Just just the way that my draft played out. Um, I didn't get anyone incredibly, incredibly good. I know in my first mock draft, I, I felt a lot better about my pick um, there. But, you know, as soon as the talent started to fall off a little bit there, I was just feeling like, you know, getting some of the better players and maybe, um, you know, position holes that aren't quite as uh, a priority. Uh, but I certainly think the defensive tackle is a position to look out for as well. Absolutely. All right. So for my mock draft, yes, for the first second round pick, except it isn't a second round pick. It's a first round pick. Oh, my because, goodness. <laughs> because the Bears executed a trade. The Bears agreed to send 
this is actually Ian Rappaport. And if I could do an Ian Rappaport, I would recommend it. Like a uh, voice of Ian Rappaport, I would right now. The Bears are sending pass rusher Edge Robert Quinn <laughs> and round two pick 16 to the Kansas City Chiefs for round one pick 29 and round three pick 30. Okay. So you trade your pass rusher to move up essentially 18 slots in the draft, yeah. but high slots, and you trade and you also get a third round pick. Do you think that's a stretch or do you think that's a fair value? It's fair. Um it's fair for the simulators. I think, you know, maybe it's a borderline stretch, but I could see it playing out and I would put let me put it this way. I'd be happy with it. I'd take it. <laughs> yeah. So all right, and round one, pick 29, the Chicago Bears select wide receiver Traylon Burks. So go. I'm a little happy that he wasn't available for you. And by the way, guys, we don't talk about this before the show. We like the raw reactions. So I'm a little happy he wasn't there for you. Traylon Burks, dude, people need to just stop sleeping on good football players. Man. And that, that was one of my favorite things that Ryan Poles said today. He said, sometimes there's just good football players. Word for word said that. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, Traylon Burks, he, there's two people that he remind me of and why he might even be there at our top second round pick. Um, it really just depends how the draft falls. I think also how high Christian Watson goes. I think there's a chance he goes above Traylon Burks, which I just Crazy. think is insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. But the two people that he reminds me of scouting, and he has differences in his game. Actually, there's three people. First one, Debo Samuel. Okay. He has a lot of similarities to Debo. And Debo's the best comp, in my opinion. Uh, A.J. Brown, a lot of similarities to A.J. Brown. And the last guy I'm going to mention is Cortland Sutton, right? They yeah. all didn't have that top-end speed, but were tremendous college football players. Yeah. All three of those guys went in the top of the second round. So I think that he could be there, but we assure our guy, round one, pick 29, get that extra fifth-year option. Man, let me tell you, like, if I like the pick, like the move to make the pick happen. Um, if Traylon Burks is there at 39, I, I think that's a no doubter. <laughs> yeah, you run to the podium. With that I, I pick. think that's a no doubter. Um, I really do. Just it's just watch the tape. Um, for me, that's all I gotta say. Uh, I, I think that you know he, maybe he didn't run the fastest 40. All of that. Not a super quick guy, but the way he plays football, he runs his routes crisp and he plays physically. Uh, he's, he's able great to great after the catch, able too. to get separation. And yeah, and that's the thing too. You know, he's not absolutely trucking away from guys, but man, the yards after catch, you cannot argue with it. Um, I mean, he's just, he's just out there balling out. I mean, that's literally, yeah. he is playing um, some good football and man, I would love the pick. He's a wide receiver one, in my opinion. I yeah, think he I has think so. a, I like if you're looking for a guy that you truly want to be a wide receiver one, I think he's like, it would be a shock to me if he busts. Just an absolute shock. Uh, like I could see him maybe not being as productive as people want, but if he is like a bust, like can't keep, like he can't stick on the team, I would be so, so shocked by that. Um, I think Traylon Burks is just a no doubt. You know who else he reminds me of? Another fourth guy I'll add into this. Uh, uh, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, as far as like why he might fall, Chris yeah. Godwin doesn't have that top end speed, but once he gets the ball in his hands, especially with a Shanahan scheme, dude, where you're trying to do like little screen passes and, and, you know, dump offs, like he's like the perfect person. That's why Debo works so well with Kyle Shanahan. So, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, if, if Trevon Burke's available, I'm right into the podium. Okay. 
So then round two, pick seven. We're not picking here either. Sorry, guys. We're trading this pick. <laughs> we're trading this pick as well. And we're trading down this time. There you go. Okay. This pick plus our fifth round pick is going to the Packers, which division rivals do trade quite a bit during the draft um, just because they have different values on players for round two, pick 21 and round two, pick 27. So we got offered essentially two bottom end second round picks for our top end second round pick, yeah. which I th- I think is a no brainer in my opinion. Yeah. I-, I think that that's a value take, especially after, you know, you go out, you pick Traylon Burks. It's okay to cool off a little bit, you know, and then mm-hmm. still pick up two, uh, two really nice picks in the second round, be it they're later, but still good picks. Yeah, and the pa- the reason why the Packers would do this is they essentially move up 14 prime draft positions and give that up. And I think, truthfully, at the top of the second round has some really good value. I like. I don't think there's a lot of top end talent in this draft overall, but like there's like that like late first high second round I think is like really good value um, but anyways so at round two pick 21 the Chicago Bears select edge David Ojabo from Michigan yeah you gotta like that pick I mean uh, is he there do you think that do you think that's realistic I think it's realistic that he's there um, just with the injury I mean it's Achilles it's a it's a serious injury um I mean, certainly to say that he'd be back by the beginning of the season would mean that he had like a Cam Akers like recovery. It's um, not happening. He's not playing next year. Which would be crazy. I don't think that if he does play next year, it's definitely going to be late in the season. Um, And and maybe at that point, if you're not in the playoff picture, then you're not really looking to rush him back. Um, But I do think that, you know, just moving onward from that, I mean, you talk about someone that had, I mean, he was going to be a top 10 pick. Mm hmm. He was yeah. good. He's a top 10 talent. It's clear why. I mean, uh, his teammate Aiden Hutchinson maybe is a little bit more of the sure deal right now. But Ojabo, I mean, he's just so quick off the edge. I, I, man, I'm trying to think. Even like I think his movements remind me a lot of like Shaq Barrett too, honestly. Yeah. Um, just in how he got after the quarterback and just the types of the techniques that he used to get around the tackle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that would be an excellent pick. And I think that if you're the Bears, you're – you know, next year isn't going to be the Vince Lombardi hoisting year. Exactly. Um, so you can afford to take a player like David Ojabo. That's what I'm saying. You get a guy that if he didn't get injured, he goes top 15 picks. I, I can see how he would fall out of the top 15 picks. Um, injuries are kind of weird too. Cause like I remember, uh, Jeez, who was it? Simmons on the Titans now when he was at – is it Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Um, When he was with Mississippi State, he was a stud. And then I, he either tore his Achilles or tore his ACL but still went in the first round and didn't play at all his first year. Uh, so I could see David Ojabo still sticking up there. But honestly, I think his true value with the Achilles risk because I'm not going to downplay it. Achilles is a huge, huge risk. That – that injury has ruined many uh, NFL careers. I mean, Richard Sherman, it didn't ruin his career, but he's definitely struggled after he tore his Achilles. Um, so I, I think there is a risk there, but you're getting rid of your pass. Ru- you get got rid of two star pass rushers. And I think like, I mean, tell me this, tell me this right now. If you had before David Ojabo's injury, 
one for one trade Robert Quinn for David Ojabo. Would you take it? Just straight up. Yeah. Just like you can trade Robert Quinn for a pick that you'd pick David Ojabo. Sure. Yeah, I'd take I it. Would. I would. I would. Before I mean, just based off of, you know, what are, what's he going to do for me, you know, not next year, but the year after that. And mm-hmm. then I think he projects a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's why I picked him. Um, okay. Uh, how do you like the pick? Good? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think that, you know, he has crazy levels of talent. Someone that just started playing football like recently hasn't been practicing this his whole life. Um, and, you know, those kind of stories don't always work out. But, man, when they do, they've turned into some real special players in the NFL. Um, and I yeah. think that Ojabo certainly can take his game to even higher levels. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Uh, who was that Lions pass rusher that they drafted super high that kind of turned out? I mean, he didn't turn out great, but. Why the hell is the name Ziggy Ansah? Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Ziggy Ansah. Nuts. Can't believe I pulled that one out. Yeah, great. Great, great memory. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I I think he started his football career a little bit later, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah. But. Going ahead, moving on. We have our second second round pick. We trade that away. This is our last trade, guys, I promise. But I think there will be a lot of trades for the Bears this year. Uh, we trade that away and a future fifth to <laughs> Jacksonville. Okay, so that's the first future pick we've traded, right? So yes. we do lose a future fifth. To Jacksonville, we're moving down round three, pick six. But we also pick up round four, pick one. So we acquire a fourth round pick by essentially trading a fifth round pick and trading down from the second round. Okay. You like it? I, yeah, I'm trying to track it, you know, <laughs> we got yeah. a lot of movement here, but it's exciting stuff. That, you know? That's it though. We're done with trade. So no more tracking, right? Do you think that's a, I think that's a realistic trade. I mean, yeah. you get a high fourth round pick, but still. Yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, realistic. I mean, especially at that point too, like, <laughs> Like you said, it's going to be an interesting market on some of these picks because there's going to be a lot of teams with the incentive of of trying to trade down. So um, I, I think that some of the trades we see this year might be a little different than we usually expect as well. For sure. All right, so round three, pick six, we take guard Cole Strange. Uh, a lot of people want Cole Strange in the second round. I, I don't view him as a second-round talent. I view him as a third-round talent. Um, did really good at the Senior Bowl. I think that's what people love about him. Shows a lot of nastiness, grit, athletic ability. Uh, seems like he'd be a really good fit for this offensive line, and we desperately need a guard right now. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good pickup. I, I like Cole Strange. Um, you know, I, I think that he's not perfect, <laughs> but like you said, the kind of aggression um, is just something that, this offensive line just is starving for honestly i mean mm-hmm. it's just so uh it's just so flat and someone that brings a little bit more personality to their game um and just as far as just being kind of a workhorse mentality um on the offensive line i think you could bring you know a next level and hopefully sure things up and you know i don't know if there's a tackle in the future for uh what your what your simulation is going through but um i, I think that I would like to see the guard addressed first, um, but I'd, overall, I'd be happy with either. And it in an, in, jeez, I don't even know what I was trying to say there. In an ideal situation, I wish 
there was a guard available at round two pick seven before I traded out that was like a home run hit. Like if there's yeah. like a Kenyon Green there or uh, uh, Boston College, Zion Johnson, right? Of course, yeah, that'd be Yeah, it. Zion Johnson, I mean, dude, he would be crazy. Like he, yeah. he, he would be crazy there. Or, uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk that Linderbaum's out, falling out the first round now. Um, I think that's a possibility because teams tend to really undervalue center. So yep. drafting him, I mean, that would be a home run pick. But I, in I my simulation. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it at all. I'd be happy with it. In my simulation, though, that just wasn't available. There yep. was all these like <sighs> third tier players, I should say. Um, like Cole Strange was there and like uh, I'm trying to think of who else was there like Dylan Partham Parnum, Parham, yeah. Parham and then that's uh, who I, I had available around at that time as well so yeah so like those are good guys but like I, that's why I chose to move out and ended up picking up Ojabo and, and planning for the future and then Cole Strange later on which I think at high third round is where he's going to go and that's where I think his value is so I like it and I think this is probably one of the most realistic pick for the Bears I think that at like their top third round pick, I think Cole Strange is completely in play there. Yeah. Um, so then um, I have two other third round picks from the trade. So the second third round pick, round three, pick seven, uh, which was right after that, I took Zion McCollum, San Houston State. Now this might be a little bit of a reach. Um, ideally, there's other players available, but some of the other guys I was looking at here, um, I just wasn't super impressed with. Um, as far as value goes too, like I, I was hoping some other players would fall, but they didn't. And like, as far as like getting a, a got a cornerback available in the round, in round three, there isn't a ton of talent there, but I think Zion McCollum is the, one of the few that could be a starting cornerback. Here's my controversial thing I did though, is I did take him over. Uh, uh, I called him Kobe white last episode. Uh, uh, his real name is uh, Kobe Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Literally named. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're just overthinking it. You think I'm that it Bulls. can't be true, but it is. I'm in I'm in Bulls territory. You know. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm like oh man. By the way, the Bulls, the way they've been playing by the Bucks, man, they are embarrassing to watch at times. Yeah. Like it, it it's brutal. They just, are they. As bad as it sounds, let's just wrap it up. I don't want any more pain. Yeah. Um, I, but honestly, I, if, if they're I, able to win another one, I'm going to get hype again. The sad part was just like going into this past weekend, I was like, dang, like we could have really been in control of the series. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe since we're back home now, we can turn it around and they just end up proceeding nope. to get blown out two straight games at home. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> and I don't want to get too much in the Bulls talk, but they just are playing so passively, man. Yeah. No like they, they have no desire to push the ball down the court. They have no desire to really make anything happen. And the Bucks, this is the Bucks strategy. We're not going to let you drive on us. We're going to let you take all the threes you want to take. And right now, with Lonzo being injured, the Bulls just don't have any good three-point shooters. And I'm going to be honest. I don't. I mentioned Kobe White's name. Kobe White hasn't played well at all. And I just absolutely hate that we're letting uh, Grayson Allen splash on us. He had like 27 points the other game. Yeah, I know. It's pathetic. <laughs> so annoying. Um, but let's let's move on. Let's move on to our second most uh, disappointing team in Chicago. Actually, probably the first most. Um even though White Sox fans have been pretty upset lately. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. But anyways, my last... Uh, oh, yeah, but what I was saying, anyways, before I go into my last third-round pick, uh, I did choose him over Kobe Bryant, which I even second-guessed myself. Yeah. That's but, 
the athletic yeah. profile is just so intriguing with Zion McCollum. Yeah, Kobe Bryant's definitely more of the proven product. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, another name that I kind of saw, like, floating around, and even I, I know that he can fall even into, like, 10 to the 5th, but, like, how do you feel about someone like Smoke Monday? I know it's not a corner, but, like. Yeah, I like Smoke Monday in the 6th round. In the sixth, okay, yeah, fifth, sixth round, I I can do Smoke Monday there, and I know that he's like considered like an A plus like teammate, and like really brings a different type of mentality to the team. So yeah, sixth round, I could take Smoke Monday. Third round, hell no, I'm not taking. Well, yeah. I'm not third round, no. There we go. I was just curious. Uh, yeah. All right. So with my last round three pick thirty, which we got from our first trade with Robert Quinn. Uh, I took linebacker Channing Tindall. I okay. struggle to believe he's going to be there at this pick, though. I think all the Georgia linebackers go by top of the third round. Like, I think top of the third round. I'm Quay Walker. It's such an interesting bu- uh, bunch, actually. I think teams might have Channing Tindall as their top Georgia linebacker. Some teams. Um because they all have such a unique skill set. Like Quay Walker is kind of that sure thing guy, um, probably like a more traditional Mike linebacker. Right. Uh, whereas Channing Tindall, he's kind of a speed guy, but his hips are a little bit stiff. Uh, and then you have Nakobe Dean, who's like the leader of the crew, just a little undersized, has a lot more versatility everywhere. But he kind of has the criticism that he can't take on blocks. So that's that's the one concern. So Channing Tindall, if he is available here, which making this pick I really struggled with because I was like, I don't know if this is realistic, but weirder things have happened in the draft. But I, I would love this pick here. You get another good linebacker. Yeah, linebackers are like almost interesting to like kind of per, like project in the draft. I feel it's it's mm. almost not as obvious as you'd think. But I do think that Channing Tindall, I think a lot of these Georgia linebackers are going to work out well. I think sometimes there's a fair bit of overthinking that – that goes on, especially when you have like so much quality at the position, people really like to nitpick and get into like, who's the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the Channing Tindall, I think that he'd be a great addition. And when you talked about like, you know, you have to realize what they're coming into as well. Like the, the obvious like leader already is, you know, Roquan Smith. So to bring mm-hmm. in someone that's, you know, part of that supporting cast that has the skills of Channing Tindall, I think that would be, uh, a great way to to kind of round out that linebacker room that that needs a lot of help. The weird thing, like I actually really really like this linebacker class, like all the way down to like the fifth round. I think that they just don't have that like super top end talent. Um, the one, oh God, what's the what's the linebacker from Utah's name? Um, oh, dude, why do we always? Dude, we have Lloyd. Yeah, Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Um, I love. I think he's a fantastic. He reminds me of like a better version of. Um, uh, God, I still can't. <laughs> Why do we even bother? Colts, man? Colts linebacker. Um, Darius, uh, Darius, uh, Leonard. Darius Leonard. God, I mean, can't be relying on me for the best linebackers in the game. Can't name one of the best linebackers in the game. Are you kidding me? Uh, Darius Leonard. Uh, he reminds me of like a quicker version of him. I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be the player that Darius Leonard has, but he's just so versatile and like does so much well and so lengthy. Like that's the crazy thing about him. Similar, similar to uh, Darius Leonard. 
they're they're just lengthy linebackers and they have a level of explosiveness that works well for them. I think Devin Lloyd has the traits to be like a better version of him, but it's like, does he end up making that jump? That's always a huge question mark. But Channing Tindall, really like him. And I think we need to get a couple linebackers in this class. So later on, I'll also be picking a linebacker. But moving on, uh, round pick, round four pick one, which we got from the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in our trade earlier. I'm picking guard Zach Tom. Zach Tom, yeah, like dude, pick. some people are like, I've never seen a prospect that's like more polarizing than like Zach Tom. Because some people are saying he should go fifth, sixth round. Some people are saying he should be a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, he he could go anywhere in this draft. I think that he's good value, especially at the fourth round. Um, great versatility. I mean, he was someone that mm-hmm. I highlighted pretty early on in the offseason. Someone that the Bears could be targeting just because of, you know, just how well he plays the interior of the offensive line. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't mind it at all. He, I think a big reason why people don't quite understand it is because he also played a little bit of tackle and people, and he didn't do great there, Yeah. but I view him as a guard through and through. Like I'm not, I'm not drafting him to be a tackle. I'm drafting him to be a guard. Uh, A lot of people think he has upside at center too. So he could, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's why I think is so, I love, absolutely love when my guards have center capabilities too, or a center has guard. I mean, it's more. Uh, a guard has center capabilities but worst case scenario center has guard capabilities as well just because like injuries are going to happen on the offensive line and having those three interior guys interchangeable it 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 just helps um yeah i think top of the fourth round is a good pick for zach tom though very athletic um played well at guard i don't I don't really see the 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 criticism on him there i think he's like a third fourth round pick at guard yeah which with uh, high upside exactly i think that even if you take him in the third maybe it's a little a little high but i i still wouldn't hate it um but i think in the fourth round yeah you, you gotta you gotta take that pick and then round five pick five one of my favorite players in the class as far as depth goes linebacker brandon smith from penn state um athletic freak athletic freak at linebacker i think the way the strategy that I would want to build around Roquan Smith is have Roquan Smith because you know he's going to be able to do everything there and just get athletic freaks around him. So having Brandon Smith and then also having Channing Tindall and then also Nicholas Morrow, who we just got uh, in free agency, I think this is a pretty decent linebacker room now with a lot of upside, talent, injuries can happen. I think we're still going to be good. And especially in a, switching over to the 4 3 scheme, being able to really solidify a major position group of change. I mean, obviously like when you switch over from a three, four to a four, three, two position groups really change your interior D linemen and your linebackers. That's about it. And being able to secure those interior linebackers, I think is going to be so crucial moving forward. And maybe next year we can uh, work on the defensive line. This year's defensive line class. I don't know about you, Reese. I highly considered picking like in the, in my second, second, in my second round pick, drafting a defensive tackle but there's just like someone i really struggle with a lot of these guys because like a guy i was looking at uh instead of david ojabo was perry on winfrey who i yeah. think athletically is like insane and the way he chased down quarterbacks but what scared me away from perry on winfrey is he gets off the snap so slowly and i just view that as a non-teachable trait like i think like having that first step quickness getting getting off the snap as quick as possible 
I think that can win you a lot of pass rushes, and it's it really heavily scares me when a player can't get up that quickly uh, at the college level, um, because yeah. it's like you can you can just you could win on quickness alone. That's pretty much all Bilal Nichols did when he yeah. was with us, and especially early on in his career, he looked great with that. Um, and then another guy I looked at was uh, the dude from Houston. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, I like him, but again, a Logan Hall. I I like him, but I'm just not not over the moon about him. Yeah. You know, like so it's a Th- weird. That's class. the thing. I think they're all like you said, good athletes. But especially when you get to like that second tier of defensive tackle, there's all there starts to be some pretty noticeable like red flags or reasons that make you just want to look away, and you know, it just even takes away from like you said the athletic potential. Travis Jones from Connecticut was there at my second round pick too. I don't know. I'm just not super high on him. I don't see the quickness that I desire out of a out of a defensive tackle. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Brandon Smith secured, and then maybe next year we can address the defense tackle, or maybe we sign Larry Ojanobi, who's still, you know, he's still on the market after the draft. So maybe go back and try to pick him up um, later on. And then my final pick. Uh, round six, pick seven, wide receiver Kyle Phillips, UCLA. Some people are saying he's going to go higher. I don't know about it. I think he – there is a risk with taking him. Like, I think he shows good upside, but there's also a risk with taking him. You know, I, I've i watched UCLA play, you know, many times, in, like, at a game, uh, obviously being a USC fan, and he never really stood out to me, like, tremendously. So I think there's that risk there, but as far as film goes, I'm yeah, sorry. I think with Kyle Phillips, I mean, the interesting thing about him is I don't think there's anything that's overly spectacular about him. Nothing really quite jumps off uh the tape, but he did u- lead uh UCLA in three straight years in receptions and he just kind of finds a way to get open. Um and brought in 10 touchdowns, so you know, he just He's just one of those guys. Sometimes you don't quite, you know, how to know how to explain it. Someone like maybe like a Danny Amendola uh, type. Not that he's really quite that make or mold at all, but someone that's just crisp in his execution and you know ultimately finds a way uh, to get the ball. But you know, after that point, you know, not like a, a terrific athlete or anything like that. At least in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I and that's the type of player I look at in the sixth round. You know, I think if there you go. You know, I think he hit the Hunter Renfro comparisons do, you know. I'd love for this team well. to have a Hunter Renfro. So. Yeah, and similar to you, I add my top wide receiver. So you get your wide receiver one, uh, and then you get a uh, slot wide receiver. So my now Kyle Phillips, he could not work out. And honestly, I, I almost was wishing I could get a wide receiver earlier on in the draft. The value just wasn't there but for me. Um, it just wasn't there at many of these other spots. And like, honestly, I don't know about you, man, but once like George Pickens falls, I think the, the, the wide receiver class just takes a nosedive. Like, I think it goes um, so far down. I mean, like, I think a couple of honorable mentions, like, um, we talked about Jahan Dotson before, but people think he might go in the first round above. Well, Pickens. Okay. I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, uh, Jahan Dotson. Man, I, I not like overly huge on Sky Moore. Um, and then uh, if the Bears had a fourth round pick naturally, um, I'd be eyeing up someone like Mechie more. Um, mm. Or even like borderline if you trade back in the third. I'm thinking about him late in the third. Um, yeah. But I just didn't want to take him that early in the third round. Menchie, Menchie is like one of the names where he has question marks on him, but I think that he I like he is, Mechie, yeah. He is. He does have that potential, but like I, once, like 
I mean, some of the people were talking. Like, there's like a lot of guys in this class I think will get drafted at wide receiver that maybe in other years wouldn't even get drafted. I feel that. You yeah, know? it's possible. Um, so, yeah. But anyways, with my draft, I end up – so this is what I liked about this draft quite a bit. Um, you get two wide receivers. You get your top-end wide receiver to start opposite of Mooney. Uh, you get your cornerback two, likely. Like, I, I think Zion McCollum can be that CB2 uh, if you need him to be. You get two quality plug-and-play linebackers, and you get two quality interior offensive linemen. I feel really good about the interior of the offensive line after this draft. And then, you know, obviously, like, I didn't take a left tackle. And on it, I wish – that's the thing with this class, man, is I wish there were, like, good day two left tackle prospects. There really aren't that many. There's there's very few like uh, a guy maybe later is uh, the the dude from Louisiana Matt something I, I just I don't know man I I think that this class is is super like there's not a lot of good left tackle candidates outside of the first round yeah I wasn't yeah I wasn't finding much value at the tackle position that's why and I that's why I went interior um, so yeah I, I saw it a little bit the same way as you. All right, so why don't we go ahead and round off the show and you tell me what would make what would give you an A plus grade for the Chicago Bears come draft night, which by the time this episode is uploaded would be tonight. <laughs> Man, well I think following a lot of the same um you know, kind of just strategies or or that both of us employed and just I don't think it quite matters, you know, when they get these players. I don't think the Bears need to be scramble the bears have enough holes where they don't necessarily have to scramble if they don't fill a hole i mean they can really just i I think the fact is the bears have so many needs that they can pick best player available in a sense um but i think there are some players where it does make sense to maybe reach on them a little bit um you know whether you see um you know, if you'd view Christian Watson higher up at 39 as a reach, um, I know a lot of people wouldn't, but some people might. Um, then I, I think there are certain players that are worth taking the risk on for the Bears. And, you know, I think that they have to step out and take some risks. So um, I, I think that picking for high potential and if there are some character concerns, if that's something that you worry about with Pickens, um, I kind of see past that. So I, I really do want to see um, not like true best player available, but you know, best player available in a sense and something that, you know, does make sense in the structure of the team. And I do think that, you know, a secondary issue with something like an edge rusher with a job, I think there's circumstances where you just, I mean, there's such upside that can be brought in there that you just go ahead and take that, um, that kind of leap. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel really bad if we don't take a wide receiver in round two, if I'm being clear. Yeah, I, I'll be upset too. Like, I think um, we, at, at least with one of the picks, we have to. I The Bears will not get an A grade from me if we don't address wide receiver in the second round uh, of this draft. I, w- I think that my A-plus grade for the Bears, I want to leave this draft feeling good about wide receiver and offensive line. I want to feel good about the offense. I can, I, I can deal with not having a bunch of great defensive talent, even if we don't even get a good cornerback. Because I view the offense as such a priority of need for Justin Fields' development. And I don't think we, so far, I don't think we've done nearly enough to help him out next year, if I'm being completely honest. No, I think that's more than fair. (laughs) And a lot of my free agency grade came along with the understanding that I'm hoping this draft is mostly dedicated to offense, truthfully. Because I don't think we've just, 
I don't think we've done enough for Justin Fields yet. So um, that will it doing enough, quote unquote, for Justin Fields will give the Bears, in my opinion, a plus grade on this draft. Getting wide receivers, offensive linemen, and also though I don't want to see them reach hard. You know, like if if you're coming out here and you're drafting like a Zach Tom with your second over your second uh, your fir- sorry your first pick, uh, that's that's a hard oh, reach. Man. You know, that is, yeah. <laughs> so no hard reaches and address the offense period. And, uh, that'll do it. But other than that, man, any final comments about the draft? No, man, I'm just, uh, excited to get it rolling and, you know, looking to, to get some new faces on this bears team. You know, I think free agency has left me wanting more. And, uh, now I really want to see how this draft rolls out. Yeah. Final, final comment. Yes or no. Robert Quinn traded before draft or on draft night. No. No. All right. I agree with that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, bear down. Bear down.